How to be rude. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. It is 10.11 on a Monday morning, which means it is time for Movies, Movies, Movies with our film lords, Jen and Andre. Hello. Hello. Not only is it 10.10, but it's 10.10 on the 10th of the 2nd, 2020. Oscar day. Special day for special numbers. On the day of the most irrelevant Oscars in modern history. (laughs) Let's not discuss. (laughs) Don't you? Let's not. Let's move straight on. Well, speaking of some Oscar news... um, we are going to be talking about movie news. It doesn't include the Oscars, right? Because they're relevant. A little bit. We little talked bit. about the Independent Spirit Awards, which were the alternative to the Oscars that mm. you should be paying attention to because they're funnier. Right. Okay. Well, let's launch into that. Movie news. Movie news. So the Oscars are today, exactly today, but the Safdie brothers have already made a bit of a fuss at the Independent Spirit Awards, along with uh, Uncut Gem star Adam Sandler, all taking away awards for Best Directing, Best Editing, Best Actor, and giving kind of incomprehensible speeches that were performance art pieces in themselves, talking over each other. Basically, the Film Independent Spirit Awards are just like the alt-indie darling awards um, that happen the night before the Oscars, and basically everyone goes to them, everyone who's nominated at the Oscars goes to them, and they claim that whatever wins big at the Indie Spirit Awards will win big at the Oscars. They never claim that. They but... do claim that. that that's, that's, the, that's the metric. That's the algorithm. You reckon? But this year was different because Uncut Gems won big at the Spirit Awards, but hasn't been nominated for any Oscars. And The Farewell by Lulu Wang. And that too. Which got snubbed at the Oscars. And Lulu Wang won Best Film for The Farewell, which I think just goes to prove that the Independent Spirit Awards are the only awards you need to pay attention to anymore. It's so true. We love The Farewell. But if you're going to talk about the Oscars, let's just talk about one thing, which is that, okay, firstly, there is a person who's been 15 times nominated for costumes. That, to me, is just a, a whole different shenanigans. Sandy Powell is a costume designer best known for period pieces. I think she won a couple of times, once for like Shakespeare in Love, so she does like very prestigious high budget films and she's decided to wear a white suit to award shows and get signatures from celebs because why wouldn't you and then she's going to auction off her white suit and take the money that she gets from it to raise money for the Derek Jarman Foundation Derek Jarman's this really famous queer experimental filmmaker from who the died past, of HIV in the 90s who, was, who made mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton big and basically she wants to save his estate by selling the suit and it just makes total sense to do charity at an award show because it's full of high roller, big budget people. All you have to do is get them to like spit on their face and then you can sell that spit and make some cash. But my advice if you really care about the David Jones estate is the David Jones estate, the, the David Derek Jarman estate, is just head on down if you've got like a cheeky day off because of the rain and the flooded Marrickville station, head on down to your local bookstore, probably somewhere on King Street will actually have a Derek Jarman book and buy one of his books. They're really beautiful. As he was losing his eyesight because of HIV, he wrote a book called Chroma. And it's all just about stories that he has about colours. And it's really nice, rainy reading. Yeah. Sandy Powell follows in line of uh, Scarlett Johansson, who once blew her nose on Ellen and sold it for $15,000 to raise money for charity. So there's, there are different ways to make money in the biz. <laughs> Jen, chime in. <laughs> this is charity, y'all. It's charity. And you know what else is charity? On this beautiful, beautiful week of uh, 
crazy torrential apocalyptic rain, we have decided it's the perfect time to give away five double passes to the bank run kind of initiative, I would call Moonlight Cinema. Uh, so if you are taking a day off work and you're thinking of a movie to watch and you have the perfect choice and want to share it with quiet. the Sydney listeners, text in what your movie recommendation is for this uh, just absolute downpour. Yes, text in on 0409 945 945 your movie recommendation and your supporter number and name to win the pass. Yes, Andre? We've got five double passes, y'all, to any screening at Open Air Cinema. Five. You can that go could s- be Mean Girls. You so. can go see Mean Girls on February 23rd and bring a friend along to go see a quiet version of Mean Girls. Amazing, amazing. Quiet because it's outdoors. It's outdoors, yeah. Mm, that is the thing with outdoor cinemas, isn't it? They're it a bit is. Yeah, they're not disturbing the bats. Well, well that's, it's the bats like park or whatever so you know it's fair yeah enough. i'm fair there enough. for that so yeah text in on 0409 945 945 your movie recommendation for this rainy rainy day with your support number to win the tickets to the open air cinema and if you're not an fbi radio supporter you should join up sign sign up and join the family we rely on your financial support to make all of the great content that we do here at fbi and you reap a lot of rewards like open air cinema tickets tickets to plays tickets to gigs whatever floats your boat you can head to fbiradio.com forward slash support to sign up only takes a couple of minutes and it's a it's a great way to get a whole lot of sydney arts music and culture one no 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 two reviews two reviews give me more reviews What are we reviewing today? I'm doing something a bit different. Uh, there's a portal to MIA's uh, Uncut Gem short films. Uh, to MIA Patreon. Anyone can sign up to it and you can watch some stuff that she hasn't released anywhere. Do we have a sting for it? Uh, a little snippet? Uh, no. We don't? We okay, don't. that's fine. Well, it's fine because I'll just give you an impression <laughs> of what it is, y'all. So MIA, the filmmaker, preceded MIA, the musician, as we all know. And she's really pulled up the people by creating a Patreon account, which is a website that you can subscribe to in order to get content from indie makers. It's like the cooler version of Kickstarter where indie artists get funding without being Zach Braff and emptying the pockets of every shorts-wearing male comedian to make Garden State. So for $5 a month, anyone can get access to MIA's goods. We're talking short films, unreleased music videos, travelogue clips, original content, just like even like footage of her in studio with Skrillex just jamming and mixing songs. And... Also, at, at the moment, um, a short piece about India's superwoman, who's this person who was in the Bhopal uh, industry factory explosion and has been dubbed the India superwoman because she's managed to use spirituality and meditation to gain strength. And now she basically attaches her braids to a truck and pulls it with her whole body. So people are connecting the factory explosion with her superpower. Anyway, MIA makes a short film about it. And you can watch it on her Patreon. All you have to do is sign up. It's $5 or $10 a month. And I don't know. I think it's all good and well to have, like, you know, the female gaze or the queer gaze. But MIA is, like, the visionary gaze. And it grabs your attention. And... It's just wow reactor. Anyone can get on it. Jen, how do you find this? Yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, I mean, all artists are now reality shows, but MIA (laughs) was the filmmaker before any of these. So it doesn't feel like just a press agent deciding that a film crew should like tail Rico Nasty or like a film crew should, you know what I mean? You Mm. know, these like 
press films that are going it's around. Also interesting. It's interesting. MIA is a voice that she's listening. She's going into these spaces. Uh, she's filming herself with Skrillex. <laughs> yeah. And I think also because MIA has become so censored by so many different people and so distorted, and obviously we all know that MIA has like way more controversial way more controversial footage than her label's allowing her to release. So she's basically saying, hey guys, if you want to pay for this website to exist, I'll show you all the really messed up stuff that like Interscope won't let me show the world. Sounds like a whole lot of amazing content, which is a total steal for $5. Oh yeah, 100%. And yeah. then you also get to be part of uh, AMA chats with her and send her questions. It's so intimate. It's like real life fandom connection right there. I know that artists and you know, famous celebs are releasing their mobile phone numbers so that people can text them when they want. This kind of feels like a cooler version of that. There I said it. Mm. I have a like kind of exhausting segue from that into mine, but I'm going to try it. So Jenny Zhang wrote Sour Heart. She also wrote this amazing op-ed you've got to read about MIA and all the reasons why she loves her. That is the next film that Kathy Yang is going to direct. Kathy Yang is the person who graduated Tish three years ago and as her second feature has directed Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, which is a second film. I think it's the first English language film she's directed and it's a huge, huge DCEU blockbuster that I'm about to dive into the review of after this tiny little clip. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. So, Margot Robbie apparently has created like a terrible crime just for creating this movie. Critics are slamming it the way they slammed Charlie's Angels last year, but the fans are loving it and people are obsessed with this movie and for good reason. It's amazing. It's annoying in this kind of like satellite cafe meets Scooby-Doo aesthetic. It's full of like powerhouse, well-drawn characters. It jumps around the place. It's kind of like a Billie Eilish, Tim Burton aesthetic. It's bringing out Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett-Bell, Ella J. Basco, Chris Messina, Ali Wong, and Ewan McGregor, who I will say is like the deeply terrifying colonizer of your worst nightmares, <laughs> who collects shrunken heads and wears a mask and cuts off faces. It's all set in like casinos and like out the back of the Queens. And it's pretty like bone crunchingly violent. I will say like the fight scenes in this had me going. It feels like death proof meets a crazy feminist cinema from the nineties. I'm talking Jim Jarmusch's wife, Sarah Driver, I think was a huge influence for this film. Um, and while some of it wasn't fully convincing in the first half, if you push through, I think this is a really satisfying rainy day movie and I would recommend to anyone. Andre, how did you feel? People are lying and tripping about this film. This film is doing extremely well, in my opinion. It raised 81 mil at the box office. There's no romantic partner for Harley Quinn. The whole film was about her ditching the Joker and not get falling for anyone else other than her friends. Full, and a bacon and egg sandwich. Full female cast of what people would say are B-grade actresses and extremely exotic and hot as fuck set design by Bean John Markovich alum set designers. Killer script, killer acting, visionary look, extremely referential, not afraid to reference, but also excited to be unique. This movie is killing it, and everyone's dragging it. Critics aren't. Critics are, like, putting it up on a pedestal. It made a bit of money. It didn't make enough of the box office, but who cares? Honestly, this is such an upgrade from, I'm going to say it, Wonder Woman, which came out a couple of years ago. I would even say this is an upgrade from I, Tonya. And Ooh. I just think that, you know, everyone's wrong about this. This is, gonna, this is revolutionary. This is cheesy goodness, and uh, I think it's genius, and... Uh, I think we need to re-examine how we examine. 
I think it's just the most beautiful queer film. Who wouldn't want to be taken under some queer Margot Robbie's wing who lives in the city and taught how to pickpocket? People don't know how to watch this film. It was shot by the person who made A Star Is Bound and it has some beautiful, gorgeous shot angles and extremely... <laughs> shot angles. <laughs> shot angles. <laughs> and I just think that people don't have the, the, the language to appreciate this film and we need to find a way to change the language. Otherwise, people are going to think that Joker is what is the quality film that we have to engage with. Yeah. Or 1917. We need to teach people how to watch Birds of Prey and appreciate it because it exists and it's throbbing. And it looks beautiful as well. Watching the trailer, it's so colourful. The colour palette is just like absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm so excited to see it. And Margot Robbie is a treasure as well. She's a treasure. Absolutely treasure. It actually does feel like you're on the Scooby-Doo coaster the entire time you're in it. And there's an amazing scene that we're going to play the song from, which is a song you might have heard called Black Betty by Spider-Bait where she's just been breaking a bunch of legs and she's pretty exhausted and then someone shoots up a, a huge, a huge load of coke and Black Betty comes on and she breaks some more legs. Amazing. Well, right now, this is Spider Bait with Black Betty from Birds of Prey.
That was Spider Bait with Black Betty, a track from Birds of Prey, which our film was reviewing for two reviews right now on Movies, Movies, Movies. And we asked you just before to text in your recommendations for a film to watch on this rainy, rainy day. And Simone has gotten in touch and said that they love to watch The Breakfast Club on a rainy day, which is very, very funny that you have texted that in, Simone because we asked you to text in to win tickets to an outdoor cinema. And when I was 16, I think, I had an outdoor cinema birthday party where I screened The Breakfast Club. That's Whoa. really cute. Did you guys have breakfast for dinner? No, that would have been good. But I just got, I got a projector and I put a sheet up on the clothesline and projected it onto the sheet. Mm. It was a good time. That's the kind of outdoor cinema we stand. If you're doing any screenings like that, please hit us up at at movies underscore movies underscore movies underscore because we would love to rep that on the show and get a few strangers into your house doing that rather than yes. talking about Moonlight Cinema. For sure. It was a good time. Just chilling on the trampoline. Ugh. So if you would like to go in the draw to win a double pass to Open Air Cinema, text in your recommendation with your support number to 0409-945-945. Right now, it's time for... What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. So we've just found out that our beloved mothership, which hosts Pink Flamingo Cinema, which is very, very close to our heart because the programming there done by Ingrid Ingrid Dykeman is like there's nothing that compares to it in the whole of Sydney. And it's done out of their own back pocket and supported only by donations from people who come has been flooded last night. It's under six to ten millimetres of water. Inches, honey. Inches, 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 not (laughs) millimetres. It's been hundreds of millimetres. The whole street is about waist deep and they're just about to put on... Look, we don't actually know if the uh, screenings are going to go ahead this month, but if they are, we really encourage you to get down there and spend some money because... uh, It's all done properly and they pay their distributors. There's an amazing, amazing series on at the moment called, I think it's called Summer of Love. And this Thursday, there's Madkin in Uniform, which is a crazy Nazi lesbian drama. Then Shinjuku Boys. And the final, which is one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen, is The Watermelon Woman, which is rounding out the season. You should 100% get down there and support Pink Flamingo Cinema if you can. Or if you have no taste and want to go to Open Air Cinema and support the banks, uh, just text in a movie that you'd watch on a rainy day because we have five double passes to give away to the bank-owned Open Air Cinema, which... Which are cashless events. Cashless events that that are very quiet because they're screening in public. But we also have a couple... And they also bully you to clean up after. But hey, we have some funny stories from when we last went to Open Air Cinema. Jen and I actually tested it for y'all and we went and saw Like a Boss, which we thoroughly enjoyed. Um, My favourite part was definitely seeing the trash fly across my face because it's outside. And also how they um they cut the film right when it finishes and then make an announcement. Please remember to pick up your rubbish on the way out and then try they, some boss moves and, and clean they, up your rubbish. And then they heard you out like you're in an Italian airport, and you kind of feel like, whoa, am I in a gymnasium right now? On oh, no, the way, I'm in Centennial Park and there are bats fornicating around me, and I just saw Tiffany Haddish on a screen. I couldn't hear anything. I love it. I love the chaos, and especially if it's you've chaos. been holding in a wee and you need to go to one of those porta potties. It's like a whole like next level of uh, pain. Actually, <laughs> Especially imagine... with your grass itch yes. and rash. <laughs> Bring a picnic rug. <laughs> As someone who has experienced volunteering at Splendor in the Grass, I can say it's very similar to going to open-air cinema, except uh, 
there's a movie and there's no music because you can't hear anything. I think so the quiet. best open air cinema I ever went to was seeing Utopia, the John Pilger film, at the block when the block was still a thing. Truly, truly, truly. I mean, Jen and I have, um, in a word, decided that. Actually, open... no, there's an open air cinema that you sh- absolutely should go to in the Camperdown Cemetery, and they showed the birds the other night, and we stumbled upon it accidentally, and it was amazing. What a I... great setting. The Camperdown Cemetery. Wait, the Alfred Hitchcock, the birds? Yeah, the birds oh, were that just movie playing. Is terrifying. It's so scary. It's very lighthouse. Yeah, with actual birds and bats flying around. That sounds like mm, awful. I love but a good. possessed bird. Very gay. I. <laughs> I do we rate open air cinema or are we confused? <laughs> I'm definitely confused. Always confused. Go to Plink Flamingos. It's underwater. Open air cinemas made me realise how much I love cinemas because they're indoors. Actually, it's the cathedral <laughs> element. Yeah. As someone who didn't have religion growing up. Absolutely, it does feel more hygienic than a cinema, though. I do open get. Air. Yeah, I do get like a little bit concerned that we're all walking into these unwashed little dark boxes, session after session, sitting on seats that people have sat on. Funnily enough, I was watching Birds of Prey yesterday in a cinema with my shirt off because it was damp wet and thinking about how dirty the seat was. These things don't mm. matter, y'all, because nice. if you text in a film that you want to watch in the rain, you can go to Open Air Cinema and then just judge it for yourself. Yeah, we still have a couple of giveaways left. People have been coming in hot with those rainy day film recommendations. Someone has said Marie Antoinette, another film oh. with a oh beautiful, my God. beautiful oh my palette. Oh okay. my gosh, so good. That's I'm back. beautiful. Okay, she's back uh, with a vengeance. I love that because Marie Antoinette is mostly soundtrack, so that would totally work in an Open Air setting. Okay, I think we both need to give a recommendation for the double feature of Marie Antoinette. I'm going to say it's classic, but Marie Antoinette, Happy as Lazaro, and then even further than that, Corpus, not Christie, Colossus, no, oh my God, Corpus Christie, I think, which was Alice Rohrwacher's film before Happy as Lazaro. Are these films that exist? They're films that exist. You can find them for people who absolutely love Marie Antoinette. Sophia Coppola is obsessed with Alice Rohrwacher. I'm actually weirdly interested in seeing Mean Girls in open-air cinema. I think that's a wildly inappropriate film to play out loud in Centennial Park. I think it's going to confuse a lot of parents. Wildly inappropriate Mean Girls. I, but you know what I <laughs> on mean? On the poster. It just, Put it on the poster. It just feels like... Anyway. I, I gr- see that. And I, I felt that when I screened The Breakfast Club in my garden. I cranked up the speakers because there's that really, really tense scene where they're sitting in the circle and there's a lot of swearing and a lot of abuse. <gasps> oh, and no. I didn't really think about that when I decided to put on an open-air cinema in my garden and apparently my neighbours were quite concerned. Oh, no. I've, yeah. I'm so glad that someone texted in my internet. That is such a <laughs> lovely thing to think about, seeing that outside, just listening to Aphex Twin surrounded by crazy bats uh, in the middle of Sydney. That's a giveaway that I can F with. For sure. Okay, thank you, Film Lords, for coming in for Moves News Movies. Get your rainy day film recommendations in on the text line 0409 945 945 to go in the draw to win tickets to the open air cinema. You can avoid the germs and the mess of a regular indoor cinema by sitting outdoors to enjoy your movie. Going to go to a track now from Jay Miller. This is Unlock the System. You're listening to Mornings on FBI 94.5. Stay tuned. Bye. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.